You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I am your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns in the NBA at SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine. And you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. Brandon is here. He is at ZonaHoops underscore for his weekly drop-in. And it's free agency day. That's why we waited until Tuesday for Brandon to join us. But the festivities got off to a bang I think it's fair to say today in NBA free agency we're only recording four hours after things technically opened up Brandon and yet we are we have three Suns deals and like half of the league turning over to talk about in just those four hours but we're going to start with Chris Paul and his new four-year 120 million dollar contract we're going to then go into Cameron Payne, who signed a deal much, much smaller than most of us expected, and then close with JaVale McGee, who is apparently headed to the Suns on a one-year contract, and uh, just also what the Suns might be in uh, the market for to fill out the rest of this roster, because things are not done. We're moving into the you know end-of-the-bench, minimum contract types of players, and we'll have to see what that looks like from a son's perspective. So that's the that's the agenda today. But Brandon, let's drop it over to you, and I'll give you the floor for the the Chris Paul contract. Um, little longer than I think we initially thought. We had some late, you know, buzz about it potentially being in the four year range rather than three, and that's what ended up happening. How did you feel about the deal when it came down? Yeah, let's run it back. I mean, uh, I think this is a good deal for them in the long run too. just looking at how this can save them some space, like bo- both this off season and in future off seasons, um, you know, declining that player option, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people sort of panicked, but this is always like the plan they had in, in mind. So, um, it's good to see him back, uh, along with campaign. I mean, it's been a very busy day. Uh, a lot of the dominoes kind of fallen into place now. And yeah, I think bringing Chris Paul back was a no brainer. Like, Let's be real. They made it to the NBA Finals in his first season. So, um, there any anything else would have just been, you know, miscalculated by the front office. So, um, yeah, I think it's been widely to say expected. The least. But, yeah, <laughs> it, it's widely expected, but uh, good to finally get it official and kind of shut the narratives up from uh, taking off. Yeah, what it says to me is the only bit of the only moment where I think anybody was panicking or worried in any way that this wouldn't actually happen. We can talk about the structure of the deal, obviously, because that was the main surprise. But the only time I think anybody was worried was when Robert Sarver bumbled over his words on the radio. Um, I think he's just bad at playing it cool. Like, I think that they probably had a very strong indication that Chris would be back here and. Robert had to go do an interview and and wasn't very smooth about it. I think it's fair to say. But other than that, I don't think anyone was really nervous that this wouldn't come together, especially when the Lakers end up with Russell Westbrook. And it's like that was still a pipe dream, in my opinion. But at at the very least, it was like you could concoct a theory about why Paul would want to go play with the Lakers. And once that closed up, it, it just didn't seem possible to me. But 
the, the structure I think is the news, right? And mm-hmm. that's four years, 120. Again, we had a, a report from Rick Buecher that you um, put my eye to right before we hit record here saying that the third season, again, take this how you will. Rick Buecher is a, a guy with a checkered pass in terms of being trustworthy, but you know, he does, I believe works for NBA TV and, and Bleacher Report right now. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if it ends up being completely true, but it's probably partially legitimate, which is again, third year, partially guaranteed fourth year, fully non-guaranteed. So with this four-year deal, Brandon, they had to with this age 38 rule. And look, I don't even know the ins and outs of it. I really only know what it means as it applies to the Suns with this particular contract that they were likely to to partially guarantee that last season. Mm -hmm. And so not only did they partially guarantee one of the seasons, but that was actually the third season. And now this fourth year, if Buker is to be believed, is fully non-guaranteed. So even if we don't believe that that's like fully legit, we don't know the exact numbers still, whatever we want to take from that, there is probably something there. Cam Cox of 12 News said on a thing I did with him right before this, something similar that it was fairly front loaded. So what does that tell you about, you know, why do you think the Suns did that? Do you like it? Do you think, uh, do you think it makes sense for how they want to build this team going forward? Yeah, I think it kind of hits everything, uh, like every mark they're going for. Like number one, it looks good on paper for Chris Paul and his agent to say they secured a four year, 120 mil. Uh, number two, it gives them some security in the long term, while you know you're not going to guarantee him that fourth year. I don't think that was ever really an option. Um, obviously, we need to see what the third year looks like because I think that does make a pretty big difference of how you evaluate it. Obviously, but the fact that it's partially guaranteed. Um, you know, it could be a player option, could be a team option, maybe a mutual option, who knows. But at the very least, uh, for the next two seasons, Chris Paul will be under contract, and, and that's all that really matters. Um, and then by the time years three and four hit, you know, you're looking at him definitely declining, I think, at that point. It's fair to say, like, um, father time is undefeated. So, um, yeah. you know, those, those last back end of the contract could be rough, but at the same time for year three, you have Cameron Payne on a hell of a deal, which we'll talk about later, but um, as the insurance in a way for him. So I think this, the Suns won the day. Uh, they did exactly what they wanted to. And, you know, it's funny how everything kind of came together so fast. Uh, it's almost like these deals are already done. <laughs> it, it does seem like that may have been the case. Although the Suns did at least wait a bit. They were not as locked and loaded as, say, the Miami Heat were. But... Um, I, I, that that does bring us, if we're talking about the news and, and the way that it broke, the first bit of news we got when it comes to Chris Paul was uh, that he got surgery on his left wrist. That was per Mark Spears. I also do want to give credit to Chris Haynes. He's the one who broke the Chris Paul story and actually had a full written story, which is much appreciated as well with quotes from Paul. Um, like to shout out Haynes because he doesn't always get the love for, for breaking these. And he was actually pretty... Uh, on a pretty good roll today. But anyway, the, the, the surgery thing was a surprise for everybody, I think. Um, not necessarily that he had that hurt, but the fact that it came to needing surgery, I think, only puts into sharper focus just how much it must have been bothering him in the finals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was pretty evident just by the way he would grab at it or you know grimace or whatever that it was definitely bothering him. But him being Chris Paul, he's not going to tell anyone about it. Uh, he deflected the questions like over and over. So, 
Um, yeah, you could tell just by his body language, it was definitely bothering him. And yeah, he had a pretty rough playoff run. I mean, we've, we've already kind of talked about it before, but that dude yeah. got beat up. Um, so yeah, having someone like campaign to kind of, I think, I know Chris is very stubborn. He's not going to want to sit, sit out and like back to backs, but you know, looking big picture, I think next season would be an ideal time to kind of try that. And that's why you build depth around the edges and, you know, Landry, uh, Shamit and, and campaign can kind of fill in the, that gap in, in those minutes. But yeah, I think Chris is getting up there in age. So injuries, you know, you need him to stay healthy and, um, there's always risk associated with, you know, paying someone as, as old as he is, but, um, at the, at the same time, it was just kind of a no brainer. Yeah. I, I think just to note as well, for people who maybe didn't see the story from Mark Spears or who are just nervous, uh, understandably an injury like that is, is, not great to hear the same day you sign a guy to a deal, but I think it's very minor, and I think he's yeah. due to be back ready for training camp, which is basically two entire months from now. So, yeah, he did seem to wait a bit from when the finals ended, but not, you know, this is not Carson Wentz, I guess you could say, for <laughs> people who paid attention to that story. Um, he's going to be fine, it seems like, for camp, and probably just to. He did say it was, you know, a tendon issue or something like that, so you know, probably just repairing and, and getting things right to heal properly is, is all that it is. So nothing to worry about. I just feel like to, to close this out, this was about as good as it possibly could have gone. If, if, if what Buker said is, is on the right track, I just think getting your guy on what is effectively, you know, a two year and change contract, which the other part of that, that we will see over time is they could front load it even more than that if they were to have it decline in value. You could have mm-hmm. a contract where the first year is much bigger and the second year goes down by 5%. So I think that is something to just consider as we look toward potential extensions for Bridges and Aiton and all the rest. But as you said, Brandon, the big sort of couple piece with this was Cameron Payne getting re-signed and and bringing him along as well to insulate Chris Paul, but also just make sure this team has the depth that it needs. So let's get into his contract and the steal, frankly, that the Suns got from the team side in just a second. First, though, a quick word from Rock Auto. With the tons and tons of makes and models out there at this point, the different trim packages, the different um, types of cars, everything being so customizable, it's pretty hard to just walk into the dealership and trust that they're going to have what you need at a reasonable price. They might have something for you. They're bound to be able to sell you on something, but you know, you're not going to be ordering in bulk like a pro might be. You're not going to be necessarily on the up and up on every single thing that you need. So they're going to try to screw you over. We all know how that goes. And that's why Rock Auto exists. That's why Rock Auto is such a tool for car owners everywhere, frankly. I've used Rock Auto to order multiple parts now for my car, including quite a while ago before they were even a sponsor, the side mirror, which I backed into my garage and broke, as well as the sun visor. We've all been there before. We've all needed something in a pinch and not wanted to spend too much on it. Rock Auto gets it done. Family business, they've been serving do-it-yourselfers just like me, just like you for over 20 years. They are reliably low-priced They have an easy-to-use website. Really, there's no reason not to check out Rock Auto if you need anything for your car or truck. Down to the small stuff like new carpet for the front or the back, up to the bigger stuff like engine parts and all of the 
the maintenance that you need. So go to rockauto.com right now for any of your car or truck needs. See all the parts available. And when you make your purchase, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Okay, Cameron Payne, back to the Suns on a six-year, $19 million deal reportedly. Again, none of this is official until August 6th, so that's why we don't have the exact numbers or whether it increases or decreases, and the Suns haven't officially announced it. That's something I'm sure all of you know, but just to clarify. But Brandon, that is a, frankly, I don't like to necessarily always talk about it in terms of steal because you're also talking about a dude on the other side of it that didn't necessarily get all the money he may have been able to get. Mm -hmm. But just from a, a fan perspective of, this team being able to be at its best, you got to be pretty happy that Payne was willing to take a contract like that, that they were able to get that done about almost half of what the max the Suns could have given him was. Oh yeah. oh yeah, this is definitely a steal. And I know a lot of people use that term in free agency, kind of throw it around all over the place. But I think this, like in this scenario, it actually fits. Um, I know a ton of Suns fans would have been perfectly content giving him like 10 million a year, um, maybe slightly more. So <laughs> me too. to get him at, at that price is definitely a, a pleasant surprise, I would say. So, you know, I, just combining his contract with Chris's, like it, it just makes it look like you're filling the point guard position um, with two, I would say, you know, one elite starter and one elite, you know, bench point guard for under 40 million a year. That's, it's pretty damn good. So uh, you take that any day and, you know, I think Payne's importance to the team is uh, can't be overstated enough just because, you know, whenever Chris Paul needs a rest or this team needs to push the pace and get some rim pressure, like Payne was so vital throughout the playoffs and, and the regular season as well. So um, kudos to him, though. Shout out to his the journey and path he took to get here. Like, yeah, he deserved every bit of it. Um, you know, he should have taken advantage of the situation, maybe got a few more steak dinners or some lobster dinners. I don't know. Just, you know, go on the full tour, um, you know, get the Knicks to, you know, maybe overpay you or something like that. But uh, I think he just wanted to be back. And that's kind of the culture the Suns have built here. It feels sort of similar to the Javon Carter contract last year, just in terms of rewarding a guy. I obviously Payne's production level is much higher than what Carter was being paid for. But at the same time, you know, it's, rewarding a guy who came into the program, did the work to get the trust of the coaching staff, and then made an impact on the court. And obviously, he's rewarded for being better by getting more money than Carter did. But I think they're similar in that way. And similar also in that, you know, potentially both players could have tested the market and gotten a little bit more. You know, I don't necessarily think 3.4 or whatever it was for Javon was the absolute most he could have wrung out of the Suns if he wanted to try. And as a restricted free agent, I don't think that this year as an unrestricted guy that Payne necessarily got every single cent that he could have. But, you know, it's also on the flip side, the Suns getting rewarded for building a program that players want to be part of. So all of that to say that, yeah, it is, you know, you call it a steal and it's like you're kind of rooting for, for, for money to be taken out of a guy's pocket in some ways. But I do think it makes sense for both sides and Payne clearly sees what the opportunity before him is going to be to win a title next season if if they get there again and I also think he's going to play a really big role here that unless a team was offering him a starting spot he wasn't going to get um he he's probably going to be one of the the backups in the NBA that plays the most total minutes 
that's huge. And and look, he tweeted afterward, like, did you guys really think I was going to do anything else? So not a surprise. I don't think that he returned. I have to admit, I did start to get some, I guess you could say, cold feet that he would just at least look toward a team like Detroit or Oklahoma City that might just toss him a big bag and and just go that route. Because look, he hasn't made much money in his NBA career. He's been on a minimum for most of the time he's been in the league. The best, the most money he made was actually on his rookie contract before he left the mm-hmm. NBA. So um, I, I think we're both on the same page that it, it's a very team-friendly deal. It's a reward for pain. It's it's going to help them continue to build this roster, which we'll get to in the next segment. But the other thing I wanted to touch on here is why you think, I kind of gave my two cents on it, but the fact that the Suns have been able to get guys to come back here, even you know prior to this season, before the finals run, but even now, you know, like they got Sharich on a pretty team-friendly contract. Now they're getting pain on one. They had Jay Crowder choose to come here over what reportedly were were pretty sizable offers elsewhere, including Dallas to go play with Luka Doncic. Why do you think it is that that's happening, you know, prior to this season, but even this year, when you have people saying, oh, the the championship run was a fluke and and blah, 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 the people are still wanting to be part of this program. I do think that's kind of going under the radar. Yeah, uh, James Jones, Monty Williams, new practice facility, uh, very fun system to play in, I think. Great yeah. team chemistry. Um, so you, when you combine all those things, it's a place where not only the players that are there want to be, uh, but it's a place that I think outsiders look at and they're like, I want to be a part of that. So I think with Payne too, it's it's important to note, they put a lot of belief in him entering the season. They did not go out and sign a veteran point card like a lot of people thought they should. So I was I was terrified when they did that. That's a good point. Yeah, so putting that trust in him, to take that role it showed how confident they were in the first place and they gave him the, the first call he's he's chilling in a pool before the bubble started and he gets a call from monty so i think stuff like that goes a long way too um yeah so in player relations it is huge something that the mcdonough era was uh not very good at to put it nicely um james jones is like on the complete opposite side of that spectrum so that's that's probably if it was the bottom of the last front offices and understanding there's some holdovers. So it's not, it's really just the GM to GM because so Mm. much of the rest of it is the same, right? It's like very, very low on Ryan McDonough's list where guys are finding out on Twitter and on the radio and on TV that they're getting traded or or cut or, or moved. And then now to, you know, Jones where after the draft, he's correcting reporters calling players pieces um, because he doesn't want to be it to be framed that way. And and so you're right. I, and I think your point about it being a fun system is a really good one too. It's a it's a system that's that's obviously like enjoyable basketball and we all can see that from watching it. It's also a system that's gonna make you better. And I think Suns fans yeah. are definitely um, familiar with that. It's it's not too different. I, I wouldn't say it's quite as extreme as some of the outlier seasons we saw in the seven seconds or less days, but it's not far from that where you know, guys can come here and feel like they're going to, because they're playing with Chris Paul, because this system is so, um, you know, predicated on sharing and, and teamwork and all those things, they're going to look pretty good when they're here. Just ask Tory Craig, who just mm. got $5 million from the Pacers after being a minimum guy throughout his NBA career. And he didn't even have like an incredible postseason. He just kind of did his job and, and got rewarded for it because the Suns won so much. So, 
Um, I, I think all those are well taken. And look, yeah, you can't underestimate the the practice facility and just the overall amenities and stuff. This is a legitimate NBA franchise, whereas for a while it it drifted toward not feeling that way all the time. So the pain contract, the pain contract is sort of a a collision of all those things and and a symbol of how far the Suns have come. I think, but. Let's wrap up with the JaVale McGee contract, one year, $5 million per Chris Haynes and how we like that fit. I think we see it slightly differently and uh, you're a little more high. I'm a little lower. I guess I'm going to have to play the villain in that segment. But first, a quick word from betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Of course, that means, for the most part, the NFL coming up in the not-too-distant future. Somehow we have... Preseason games right around the corner. That feels crazy. I'm still not used to the Suns being deep into the playoffs, and it throws my whole calendar off. But I've already told you guys, the Kyler Murray MVP odds, it's pretty fun. I feel like I'd at least throw some money down to make the season a little more interesting. The Cardinals, I don't know if you're feeling too confident there, but uh, NFL odds galore over at Bet Online. In addition to constantly updated sign-up bonuses, sporting news, and contest info to get you just... Look, it's more fun when you bet, right? So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the game and head to betonline.ag on the web or on their mobile app. Make an account. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Closing out the show here, Brandon, let's start with JaVale. Um a player that I think we've all talked about, thought about before for multiple seasons, not even just this offseason, and a player who I think will plug perfectly in here and a contract that we can get into what it actually means is a little bit interesting. But just as a player, as a fit here, how do you feel about McGee as a backup center? I think he's just a perfect fit in terms of he gives you another body that's seven feet and can protect the rim and rim run uh, at a pretty high level. I think, uh, you know, Chris Paul is going to really make him look a lot better than he is too. Like he's at his best when he's just dunking and that's pretty much it. Um, that's, that's, that's all he can really do offensively and, you know, crash the offensive glass as well. But I think he's perfect for just 10 to 15 minutes of quite frankly, just being physical, um, and using up fouls, blocking shots and just dunking. Like, it, it adds an element to the Suns that they haven't really had, I think. Um, and last that's what year, they wanted Damian Jones to be exactly. That's I think that's a, that's a good point. It's he's going to fill the role that they thought Jones was going to be, in a way. Um, so I, I think as long as you're expecting him to just be like ten to fifteen minutes of energy and a good locker room guy, then it's just a perfect fit. Um, the contract is interesting. It's you know I would have liked to try to get him for the biannual exception or veteran minimum but uh you know i think in order to get the deal done quick and just lock up their backup center they probably had to bump it up a little bit so um kudos to them getting it done though i think you know booker being in tokyo probably helps speed the process up he's he's never going to stop recruiting uh and hopefully he's, he's not done recruiting there either just for future uh free agents possibly who knows um but yeah i think overall i like the fit it's nothing that's going to make a huge impact i think in the playoffs but it's something that if the situation pre- presents itself, he could play a significant role in terms of just giving Aiden some rest. Yeah, I agree with all of that. 
the contract specifically, I think I, I just I'm gonna trust Chris Haynes. Part of me, I think, you know, if you're wanting the best possible roster, you're hoping he's wrong <laughs> and um there there's something off, but I just don't think that's the case. I think it's a part a portion of the mid-level, which is about 10 or so million between nine and 10 million. And this is about half of it. And they'll use the other half on a different player. Whereas if, like you said, they had used the smaller biannual exception or even a minimum, then they would have had that full mid-level still to sign somebody bigger. Although frankly, there's not really a ton of players left. So Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure who that would be at this point, unless you really are excited about DeMar DeRozan. But that's the contract stuff. As a player, I think I really like all the things that you said. I mean, he's going to finish. He shot 62% in 2018-19, 64% in 2019-20. Last year, he had a really weird year. He was sort of hidden away in Cleveland because he made too much money for the Lakers to want to keep him. And then he got traded to the Nuggets and hardly played any basketball at all. But he's going to shoot more than 60% from the field. He's going to, um, you know, block shots. He's one of those guys that's like kind of the opposite of Aiton in that he's like a shot blocker, but not always like a, a rim deterrent. Like teams are fine challenging him. They just have to worry that he's going to swat it away. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. as a backup, I think all of that stuff is, is perfectly serviceable and he's somebody you can trust if Aiton does get hurt or anything like that, that he's going to be able to come in and you're not terrified, which like if any Aiton injury had happened last season, the Suns would have been screwed, frankly. So I think all of that is very good. The only thing I'll say I, I'm a little bit worried about just, you know, to be nitpicky, but also to to, to hold this roster to like a championship standard is, he, you know, they, they the Lakers played the Nuggets in the bubble last year and you saw Dwight steal JaVale's minutes and that was because of the size of Jokic and JaVale is a big player, obviously. He's a seven-foot guy. He's listed at 270. But it's really just that, like, physicality and strength if you're playing a great post-scorer or a Giannis AD type. A lot of guys we saw the Suns have to go through in this exact playoff run between Jokic and AD and Giannis that you're, you know, not super trusting that McGee's going to get it done. But, you know, those are very nice problems to have at the end of the day because this is a good player who will be mountains better than anything the Suns had um, before this. But I think that's good on McGee. Unless you had anything else, Brandon, otherwise, what do you think the Suns' sort of next priority should be as we continue to move through free agency? Because they do have a ton of players leaving the team in terms of their contract being over. Um, Basically, the rest of the bench still needs to be filled out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I'll just say on McGee is that's three-time NBA champion and Olympian JaVale McGee to you. Um, so. I actually love that though. <laughs> like I, I've said this before that him like being a guy that's, he's a vet, but you don't have to worry about him accepting a role. I think there is value in that. Like For people sure, laugh, yeah. but to go in and humble yourself and be like, I'm going to play 18 minutes and I'm going to win a ring. Like not every guy can do that. Andre Drummond couldn't do that. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of what the Suns are all about. Like there's no egos like, you know, adding someone that maybe wants starter minutes or more looks offensively, it could lead to like some some drama. And they're just not about that. So I think at this point, they're very calculated with everything they do. So I'll segue that into some targets I like. Um, I think adding another wing to fill the Tory Craig role um, would, would be a nice look for them. Uh, there's, there's obviously some, you know, a lot of people have said uh, Rudy Gay or 
Um, even Andre Iguodala are a couple of names that, that I like personally. Um, I think Gay would help with the, the offense and the creation in terms of just being able to score in the half court. And Iguodala kind of fits the, the point five system um, as a Swiss Army knife type that he probably wouldn't play a ton, but he's someone that I think the wings could all learn a lot from. And he would be just another great locker room guy. So um, those are two guys that, that pop out right off the bat. But uh, yeah, I think just finding another forward and, you know, getting some more help inside with like rebounding too could also help. So I don't think they should be done adding bigs. They need one more. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I could see, I agree with you on the bigs. I don't think Kaminsky is likely to come back, especially because you have that dead roster spot with Sharich effectively. And even if he comes back, we know that those are two pretty similar players in the first place. The Suns initial plan last year was to diversify a little bit and have Jones very big mistake, obviously, and they end up having to get Kaminsky, but I think we'll see more of the same where they'll lean toward balancing out the roster a little bit better. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, maybe like a, a small ball sort of big man option, somebody who's like a combo four or five. If you're really dreaming big, you know, maybe Paul Millsap can be convinced to come to Phoenix. He's still out there. I think every team would love to have him with his versatility in those big man spots, but um, agree with you on the other two forwards. And I think this is starting to be the point in time where Chris Paul being around, Jay Crowder being around, Devin Booker being around, it starts to be an enticing destination. I mean, JaVale McGee got paid quite a bit of money, so I don't even necessarily know if the 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 location was all of why he chose to come here. I'm sure it was part of it. He wants to continue to win at a high level, but he also got paid a lot. I'm going to be interested to see if those minimum guys can you know convince if the Suns can convince somebody to take less than they maybe should and actually come here and be a difference maker because there are still some players left that would fill that mold but I don't I honestly have a hard time imagining that anybody who was on the roster last year comes back I think Moore or Galloway are the most likely um I guess we also have to consider that Jalen Smith in terms of that small ball big James Jones mm-hmm. did say that they expect him to be part of the rotation. So that, you know, that also helps to sort of mix up the the looks you can have with the big man spot if Smith is actually going to play next season. So we'll have to see. I, I don't have any great guards. I know Patty Mills is still out there. I think he probably can get some more money, although, you know, maybe not because the Lakers are talking about it and otherwise, and, and those are teams that can really only offer the, the minimum as well. Monty does love Patty Mills, so I guess we can throw that name out there. The other question I have here, though, Brandon, is to, that maybe can close us out is Torrey Craig, I mentioned, left. He's going to the Pacers for about $5 million a year. Would you have paid that for him? I, the Suns didn't have his bird rights. I'm honestly not even sure what the mechanics of what they could have even done are. I think they might have had to use one of their exceptions to sign him because they didn't have the bird rights would you have done that though? Because they do have those exceptions and they could have at least given him more than the minimum if they wanted to. As much as I love Torrey Craig, I think it was probably the right call to let him walk. Um, especially just when you look at your needs for next season, I think um, there's a better way to use those exceptions. Obviously we have to see it play out. So it's kind of tough to like completely answer that. But at this point I'm, I'm fine letting him walk. Um, I think there's, you know, just the two names I, I mentioned already. And then, you know, if you're interested in another guard, um, you know, you mentioned Patty Mills, even like Ish Smith would be fine as like a third, third guard that could just come in if uh, in emergency situations and stuff like that. So 
sure. think they're just kind of focused on some other needs. And like, there's, there's a lot of wings that, I mean, even like Abdel Nader could probably take the Tory Craig role. Like if they brought him back on like a minimum or something. About him. I don't know why I'm like his number one <laughs> fan on Twitter. I put on this whole show and then I forget about him when I talk about him. Oops. Fake fan. Yeah, he's wow. a great guy. I think, and he's young, right? Yeah. Like, so I think he could, he's like in his prime. That. So why not? Yeah. So there's, there's options. I think there's like fallbacks that they're probably comfortable with, but for now it's just about keeping that flexibility open and being patient because I mean, there's not a lot of money left already. So uh, just, I think there's definitely value in just, just waiting it out and letting these teams kind of spend recklessly. And then you just swoop in and, you know, maybe you get a guy that people thought was going to get more money than, than he actually got. So um, I'm really interested to see what their next move is. I think there's, there's a lot of targets that are probably just outside of their reach that I could see like one of them just slipping and the sun's, uh, you know, getting a steal. It always happens, right? There's always guys that you go into free agency thinking, well, they they must take, you know, they must be eligible, have the value to get more than the minimum. And then either because they want to, or because the, the cap space just isn't there, they end up just choosing, I'm going to, you know, make the minimum and, and go be on a great team. And I, I think Mills should be one to keep an eye on. And I'm not just, you know, getting, you know, wide-eyed about it and, and dreaming big. I really do think because the Lakers and the Nets are the other two teams that have gotten talked about. The, the Suns have not gotten mentioned, so I'll say that. But the teams that are are both teams that could only afford him at the minimum. So that tells me that his people are at least considering him taking a minimum contract and the fact that he does have the relationship with Monty from when they were in San Antonio. I would go back and look if I knew what to, to search because people were sort of laughing at the Landry Shamit quote of like, I'd want my daughters to marry him. I remember a very glowing press conference about Patty Mills at some point as well. So I, I think that relationship is there for sure too. And as far as character and all that, there's few guys that I think seem like better dudes than, than Patty Mills from afar. So yeah, that, that would be, I think not crazy, not crazy to think that he could be there, but is Smith somebody that can just come in there and if you need him, you know, eat some, eat some innings. At that point, you're talking about regular season only types of players, yeah. but there's value in having that. So Definitely. I agree with you. Interesting to see what they do. Any final thoughts? We, we, we got a one more team USA game that starts in about two hours from when we're recording. Hopefully um, they don't fall apart completely. I might talk about it if they keep getting further and I can talk about Devin Booker, but any other free agency thoughts or anything on your mind before we close out here? I hope we see some Devin Booker, JaVale McGee pick and roll um, <laughs> tonight. But uh, yeah, no, I think today's a, a great day for Suns fans. Just, uh, you know, bringing the, the backcourt back and just like hearing Chris Paul's quote um, earlier. I don't know if you saw that, but just saying, you know, after the season in Phoenix, experiencing how amazing the fans were, chemistry with my teammates, with Booker, with Monty, I knew Phoenix was where I wanted to be. And just hearing that is like, uh, just shows you how far this franchise has come. And uh, I think seeing the fans is the first thing he references to is also another important point. It seemed like every interview he did in the playoffs, he just kept talking about that. So he's never played for a team with great fans. It's one of the underrated things. I mean, not to call out the other fan bases, but it's not a secret. He played for mm -hmm. the, the Pelicans, which have like, we're not maybe not even going to stay there. And yeah. then the, the Clippers and then the Rockets. I mean, I know the thunder and, and I think that's a pretty good fan base, but that was not really his team. Mm -hmm. He's never played for a team that has like a diehard fan base. People should be, be proud of that in Phoenix that they, you know, made him excited. He just tweeted, run it back with a picture of himself on the Valley court while we're recording here. 
So, uh, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's thrilled. I think we all are, too. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it, though. Good day in, in the Valley, like you said, and more to come because this roster, again, is not filled out. I will be back with you on Wednesday morning unless any really big moves were to come down that would warrant a, an emergency type of podcast. I sort of doubt that at this point, though. Um, but continue to enjoy the madness. We have David Griffin not doing well to uphold the legacy of his time in Phoenix. And we have some other guys that are getting their money, like P.J. Tucker, seemingly. So lots of Suns angles and, and obviously more to come from this Suns roster itself. You can read Brandon at Zona Hoops and at Bright Side of the Sun. And we will talk to you guys later.